This season of the Mumbrig podcast is brought to you by Bathorium, Canada's favorite clean and green beauty bath products. They make all natural bath bombs, bath soaks, bubble baths, and accessories with no artificial fragrances or toxins. And they're vegan and ethically produced. To get 15% off, go to mumbrig.ca slash bath. Welcome to the Mumbrig podcast a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off. Hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. It is the new season of Mumbig Podcast, and I am going to invite Healing Ginger... Let me see to go live with me. We're going to do it a bit different. We are recording this podcast episode here live with you guys answering your questions live. Pretty. And well, let me just turn you down. Ooh, that's loud. Am I yelling at you? No, I just had my body audio up full. Okay. Um, I was just explaining that I'm trying something new and I'm going live for the first time in a really long time, but we're also simultaneously recording a podcast episode on the side. So this podcast will launch in April, but everyone's getting a bit of a sneak peek because we wanted a bit more of an interactive feel because I get questions about my hormone and stress program all the time. So I figured this would be better. Sounds good to me. It's not stressful at all. It's totally relaxing. <laughs> no. We uh, we had to we had this back and forth text conversation because we were trying to figure out all and if you look on my stories you can see my setup but you're we were trying to figure out that there wouldn't be audio back whatever and <laughs> make sure that you guys could hear us but that then the recording wasn't messed up and we had a good text conversation I think we're tech geniuses though basically basically we're basically Apple store geniuses now. So. 100%. And it's, I kind of like the idea of recording a podcast and doing a live at the same time because it's less work for me. So this is fantastic. Right. And I get why, like all those times when you're doing like, you're watching like a YouTube video of it and you're like, why are you recording a podcast? I'm like, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because now all my podcast recordings, I usually do it through Zoom and I've, I've recorded most of them for the season. So I started off saying this is episode 14, which is weird because you're not going to air until April. Um, but I do it all in zoom and I'm like, I could upload them to YouTube, but that seems like a lot of work. So maybe one day when I run out of content, one day, one day, okay. can you do me a favor and make your head higher in the screen? <laughs> this is why I love Brittany. She just extended her neck. She's like, like this. is that like, better? Yeah, that is better. I know that, like things come up and, you oh, know, yeah, and I'm my like, face to have. Well, I'm aggressively close compared to you as well. So well, it's because my tripod has to be behind my desk. Anyway, um, it's that, or I'm like holding the camera right in my face. I don't know how close you want my face to be. <laughs> well, like me. Hey. hey. Um, I also have to be framed up appropriately because I'm not wearing a bra, and I didn't think it would be a problem. But with the texture of this velour fleece that I'm wearing, it's a little bit um, descriptive. <laughs> It's a little revealing. It's a little, it's uh, clingy, clingy yes. a little bit. Hey guys, we're here to talk about nutrition and hormones, <laughs> not my lack of bra wearing. Um, so I love it. I'm going to segue into this, but I think 
my introduction for you before you jive, jump in and introduce yourself is that we've worked together now for over a year because I think we started working together in, I want to say September of last year, and we're now recording this in December about that, give or take. Yeah. And we've worked on three different programs now together, I believe, sort of like an initial get my button gear program, which is I documented all the first time around the, oh, Brenda says hi. And um, then the second one was kind of like a keep things going. <laughs> I can do it. And then now the third one, you reached out to me and it's so funny. She's like, Erica, are you doing okay? Because I guess I had posted a few things on stories where I just wasn't eating as regularly and sort of not fueling myself appropriately it's like are you are you how you doing <laughs> just a little check-in to make sure you were okay pandemic's been hard <laughs> yes because it was in the midst of like it was right in the middle right where we're all just surviving and hanging on for your dear life I'm like I need your help <laughs> <laughs> I love it but it has to do with the stress and the hormone stuff. And I learned so much from you throughout this that I thought I already knew. But what I realized was that I actually know nothing. Uh, and I also know nothing about my period as well, which is something that, um, I mean, I've had it most of my life. I figured I was pretty knowledgeable on it. Turns out I'm not. And uh, you've been amazing. So if you can do a quick introduction about who you are and we can chat up just about how my program was and everyone online um, on the Instagram live story podcast people, you can ask questions as we go drop them in the comments and uh, we can tackle them if, if we have the time for sure. So I'm introducing myself right now. Is that what's if, happening? If you want to. <laughs> like, yeah. what's happening? Um, what do you so, do? Why are you here? My name is Brittany. Uh, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist and natural nutrition clinical practitioner. Um, just really long form ways of saying I like talking about food with people and helping everybody get comfortable with food. Um, so, but yeah, like what you were saying, we our third round of working together started because... I was like, hey, bud, you look a little stressed out. Do you need a little bit of help right now? Um, so we ended up focusing primarily on hormones and stress relief and like inflammation reduction kind of stuff. Um, we started focusing on this, the hormone stuff for you again, because for your first round of stuff, you were just like, oh my God, my period just came. I didn't even realize I was going to have it because I didn't try and stab anybody and I wasn't like uncontrollably eating things. My um, husband was very grateful, by the way, that we balanced that out because it's just the whole house is just lovely now by comparison. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that uh, unfortunately for most of us women out there, if we ever like grew up with some really intense PMS symptoms or cramping or like raginess or depression and anxiety all of those things that were just like mm, that's just our cross to bear as women that's just what having hormones is um just like isn't true I guess um I mean yeah there are ups and downs our hormones fluctuate every month but that like the intensity in which most of us feel it at some point in time in our life uh is common but not normal so that's, I guess, I don't know, long-winded way of saying that's how we started your program again. And that's kind of who I am. I'm a nutritionist and I like to talk about these things. <laughs> it was good though, because I think touching on the period stuff of what it, and I think I've done a couple posts about this in relation to our program. There are so many things 
that hold on I'm you just said it and I'm gonna mess it up that are common but not normal is that correct Mm -hmm. yeah when you wrote that down once I was like oh that sounds so harsh and then I was like but it's true (laughs) it it (laughs) is and it sounds harsh I thought Um, It it is though, because I, and I, so one of the posts and for the podcast people and on Instagram, I'll find the post later and I'll put it in the notes or the description whatnot. But I got Brittany to proof it. because I'm like, is this factually correct? And she's like, this may be a little harsh, but it was, it was just touching on the fact that it is common, but not normal to have like in, you know, rage, to have um, frustration, to have um, like cramps, to have bloating, to have sore breasts. And it was, these are all things that I've grown up thinking are just what I was dealt with as a woman. Like I I used to, (laughs) I used to schedule, (laughs) you're like, oh, Erica, here we go. schedule all my work and like social stuff around my period because I went into such a strong fluctuation of you know okay if family is listening like earmuffs but you go in cycles okay so you get like the period phase where you're kind of gross and heavy and just and then you get like the hyper excited energy phase you're like I can do everything the world I'm super horny all the time and then (laughs) you get you're like I'm ready for the world but then you go into this phase and I had two one or two or three days where I just couldn't do anything I was in bed depressed tired Mm -hmm. exhausted and it was it got to the point where I could track it down to the day every cycle and so I just started scheduling my life around it thinking that it was just normal as opposed to trying to fix it and change well, but it. why would you know it was something to fix if it was always something that you were told is normal? Like that's just mm. what being a woman is, right? So I think a lot of the times people hear like, oh, hormonal imbalance, and we think it's like something crazy. And it can be like, you can be like, completely off, right? Like really high anxiety sweats. Let's like, go to the extreme and think like mm-hmm. menopause. Menopause is a hormonal imbalance. It's a naturally occurring one. But it is a hormonal imbalance. Our, our hormones are fluctuating in a different way. Um, but if we've always been told that like PMS is just going to suck and that you're going to have like one good week every month, the rest of it, you're just like trudging through. If that's what we think normal is and that's like that's optimal health, why why would you go searching for additional answers, Right. Like we've been told like low energy isn't normal on a regular basis. So if we're tired and exhausted all the time, we seek out help. Um, But if we have severe cramps and heavy bleeding and extreme PMS, et cetera, et cetera, we're just like, "Mm, I'll take some Midol. I guess that's just the way it is. I'm going to call in sick today or not see people. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. um, Good news is. It doesn't need to be your normal. You don't need to be scheduling your life around your period. I like food isn't going to magically fix everything. Um, And I don't like, I think you would agree that it didn't for you, right? All it does is it can help support your body's natural processes. So somebody asked if um, hormonal like uh, imbalance always needs intervention or if our body can balance its hormones out on its own. So I was like, this is a, I thought it was a really good question, first of all, so thank you, whoever asked that. <laughs> um, but 
so the thing is that our body, our hormones, everything in us always wants to find homeo, like the balance, homeostasis, right? Like it always wants to find room temp. So if we think of ourselves as a house, a dwelling, and we have a thermostat, most of us have one of those smart thermostats that you can set it at something. We'll turn your thermostat, your what is it? Furnace on? When you're too cold, it will turn it off. When it's too hot, it keeps you balanced out like that. It keeps the household warm, right? At room temperature. So your body is constantly trying to do that. So then we can think of the things that we do with our body, put into our body, put onto our body, think, mental health, all of those things are extra things that our body has to find homeostasis with, right? It's extra things that our body is trying to figure out balance with. So if you have really intense PMS or other hormonal symptoms um, and we are self-medicating, right? Or we're like drinking to get through it or whatever (laughs) it is, like drinking or not sleeping enough, over-exercising because we think that's going to fix it, right? Like downplaying what our body is actually asking us for most of the time. That's what we're doing. Um, what ends up happening is we create additional hurdles for our body to find that balance. So does your body always need intervention? Um, no. Can intervention be supportive? A hundred percent. So if all we eat is like McDonald's and wine, say that's my diet, um, my body is going to struggle to be able to have an appropriate estrogen and progesterone balance. It's going to struggle to make dopamine and serotonin on top of that, right? Um, It's going to struggle to detox everything, to process things through me. So it's going to do it. That's its job. It's just going to have a hard time doing it. So if we swap out the McDonald's for, uh, I don't even have an example, like a plate of nachos with like beans and veggies and stuff, like that's still a step up, right? Because now we're giving our body fiber, we're giving our body protein, we're giving it some of the building blocks that it needs in order to be healthful. So I don't know if that makes sense, but... It does. And I think it's also a really good point. And one of the reasons why I liked working with you so much was it's not this drastic change, right? Like it's just about these incremental changes and just trying to make it a long-term thing. And I think, and I'm going to get this, I know this is a bit of a loaded question for you, but yes. I t- <laughs> bring it on. We got this. <laughs> I want it, to, it's really tricky for me because I, I'm sort of, I've been documenting this journey online and the number one question I get is, you know, I talk about how I'm working on balancing my hormones. I'm, you know, decreasing my stress. I've, I've mentioned and shared that my major PMS symptoms are essentially gone. They still poke up here and there depending on what I consume and, you know, if I'm sleeping enough or whatnot. But the number one question I get is, how are you doing this? And I, normally I'm just like, go talk to Brittany because I don't understand. <laughs> Like, like go DM her. <laughs> like she's really she's really responsive. Just DM Brittany because <laughs> I I don't I don't know how to describe it to people. So can you, at a like high level, explain? Maybe you can use me as an example and what my program did. Um, what were some of the changes that you did with me to help start? And again, we can talk about how it's not totally fixed it through food because I have some other medical stuff going on in my my toolkit of medical weird things um, <laughs> that food can't magically fix. But I don't, what would you say? Because I don't know the answer. 
So for that one, I'd be like, we need to know where you're at, right? So people being like, well, what did you do? Like, what was the magical thing? So the first thing is there was no magical anything. Um, Erica went from drinking Diet Coke like five times a day and thinking <laughs> that mozzarella sticks at the end of the day was enough fuel for her whole 24 hours to eating. Delicious time. <laughs> Right? Like we all do what we need to in times of stress, but you went from that, like aspartame and caffeine and then like processed stuff from being your main source of fuel to switching over to eating three times a day, making sure that you're getting your vegetables in, making sure that you're fueling your blood sugar levels so you never dip too low. Right? So you did a lot of stuff like there was a lot of building blocks it didn't just happen overnight right it wasn't until like month two maybe the end of month three or beginning of month three that you started being like oh I didn't realize I was having PMS and that's the other thing right like hormonal shifts take time you go through one cycle a month it's not going to happen in one cycle. You might notice slight improvements like increased energy. Maybe you're more able to control the moodiness and the, the, the sadness and whatever else that comes with it. Um, but any client that's starting with me for a hormonal stuff, I'm like, it's a minimum of three months before you start noticing any type of substantial like big shifts right? Where you're in a place now that you're just like, I still have some PMS stuff, but it, like, it's, it's so rare that when it happens, you're like, Oh, what's happening sort of thing. Right. Drink too much coffee today. Ah. <laughs> Forgot to eat. Ah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like staying hydrated, making sure you're eating and you're fueling your body like with honesty, right? Like, so you're not actually like, well, I had breakfast. I'm like, well, it was a banana. What else did you have after that sort of thing? Right. Like, we need to take in enough protein, fats, and carbohydrates. So carbohydrates is all your fruits, your vegetables, your grains, all of that stuff. You need all of that in your body in order to feel your best. And so. I think that was the surprising thing working with you the first time was actually how much more I was eating. Like it, it turns out that I was just, and I think especially a lot of moms, and it depends on the stage of parenting that you're at. And, I, and I'm, I'm very specific on this because there's some stages where you're in pure survival mode. And if you ram a granola bar into your mouth, like that's a successful day if you're early on. But I was eating way more with you than I had before. And I think that's when I'm eating a lot and I'm eating a lot of good fats, it's I, for some reason, well, for some reason, magically feel just this um, almost baseline calm, if that makes sense. Like I yeah. just, I feel like I've built my base and then, then I have, you know, things here and there, yeah. but uh, yeah, that was a, the big one for me. And sugar was a big one for me too, except this time I mucked that up and you're like, Erica, <laughs> I... Yeah. So the first, and I'm sorry, for those of you who don't know the full story, the first program we did together, what was it? The first two weeks? Yeah. The first two weeks, we sort of like took a drastic step and I don't know yeah, if I'm saying this. Reboot. I call it a reboot. Yeah. I'm going to say it not quite as gracefully as you, <laughs> sugar for two weeks and it sucked balls. So it's not all sugar. I need that to <laughs> I know, be very sorry. clear. She's still allowed having all her fruits and her vegetables. She's allowed to have naturally occurring sugar. So added sugar that we cut out. That's like it. wine. And alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol <laughs> is a problem. Yeah good times it was but then so when we started working together the third time I for some reason just thought that I had to do it again and I got started getting so grouchy 
all the time. And you're like, Erica, you were allowed to eat these things. Just eat them. So, but I think that's like, that's old, like past, like diet industry brain that kicks in sometimes, right? Yes. Where we're just like, well, if I'm doing this again, I got to start it the way I've always started it. And I'm like, we don't need to do that again. Right. Like right now you just need some tender, loving care. And I like how you said, uh, you're like your baseline of like calm. Um, that makes tons of sense <laughs> on a physiological level. We start feeding ourselves normally, like and enough, um, and in like a regular frequency sort of thing, our body calms, there is no more fight or flight for food. That's why like, you're not constantly being like, okay, well, I just had lunch. What's my snack. I just had my snack. What's my dinner. Right. And we've all put ourselves on a diet, a crash, whatever this and that that has made us be so hyper vigilant about the foods that we're eating and we get like aggressive, like with great, that's how hangry came to be. That's a, that's a blood sugar plummet. That's literally like that's physiological response to us thinking there isn't enough food. So we get aggressive in order to receive the food that we need because our body's like, Oh, okay. This girl's got to fight for it. So fight for it. Let's go. Right. Like that's what's happening. <laughs> steak uh, <laughs> right I'm like we don't need to fight anybody for our food anymore right like it's not an all open brawl we can just like most of us go and open the fridge and get something out of there um but yeah that that baseline calm makes a hundred percent sense <laughs> when it comes to like playing into hormones and stress regulation and stuff like that when we're fed and we have the energy we can deal with incoming things and multiple priorities coming at us. We have incoming things and multiple priorities coming at us and we're underfed. We're already in flight and flight. Now we're piling on top of it. That makes right? sense. And so I'm thinking about the moms who are watching and all of you wonderful people on live and listening on the podcast. And I think we're all in this sort of, I don't want to say this like long-term heavy stress mode where we've sort of been just like carrying the load for all of these months, right? It's this cumulative feeling of stress and anxiety. So from from your perspective, to get things started from a, maybe let's, let's, hormones maybe is sort of like a separate issue, but from a stress perspective, what are some things that people can start doing who are just at capacity, right? Like, yeah. <sighs> So I think you know what I'm about to say. Uh, I read that as one of the questions. Someone was like, stress seems to be really uh, impactful on things. What do you, like, how do you get rid of it? And I was like, great question. Um, so for when it comes to like nutrition and stress around like our eating time sort of thing, right? We've all done it. We've all put food in our faces while we're answering emails or like trying to get other things done. Right. And it's going to happen sometimes. But what I recommend is take a couple deep breaths before any meal where you are feeling like you are revved up and ready to punch a wall or cry or wherever you are at stress wise. You need to stop, take three deep breaths, then enjoy your food. Yeah. Right. And I know that it, it sounds so silly and you're just like, that's so ridiculous. Like, is that going to work? It, you're right. It I mean, does I can't work. Stop. 
you take three big deep breaths and you almost like you feel your shoulders coming down and you're what you're doing in that is you're training your body to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system so you have two nervous systems you have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic the sympathetic nervous system is our fight flight freeze so this is our stress response and the parasympathetic is our rest and digest okay digest is in the name um, so we want to tap in there when we want to rest, like go to sleep at night, having a meal, etc. It's like that old adage, like no politics or religion at the table. Um, for me, I'm like, it makes so much more sense when you start <laughs> thinking about the connection of stress and your digestive system. So you want to start training yourself to tap into that like relaxation response as much as you can, right? Um, around your meals, around your snacks and stuff like that. Another one is like so many of us eat when we are stressed and then we come out of it being like, oh, heartburn, oh, gas, oh, bloating. <laughs> um, all of those are symptoms of like digestive disruption, right? So we didn't break it down properly and now your body's like, oh, don't worry, I'll figure it out again, sort of thing, like frustrated with us. Um, so take those three deep breaths. If that's not going to work for you and you know you have a really loaded days, smoothies, soups, like things that are pureed and already like half digested for you. I know that sounds gross, um, but that's going to make things so much easier on your system, right? So if you know mornings are a shit show for you, maybe sitting down to a bowl of oatmeal isn't a great idea for you. Maybe a smoothie is a better idea for you, or maybe it's lunch. That's insane. So we're going to bring some like pureed soups and stuff like that, just so it's easier for you to absorb the nutrients from it and not feel crazy. Yeah. No, I love that. And I remember in the first time we wrote together, one of my homework was actually to sit down at a meal, not run, not stand at the table, not stand at the island. I mean, I obviously wasn't allowed to pick at my kids' leftovers anymore, which is what I've been surviving at, to be totally honest at that point. Yeah. But to sit and just eat and not necessarily do other, I mean, we're always going to multitask. I usually pair up meals with like listening to a podcast or something where I'm sitting now or something that I enjoy doing because I find it boring just to sit there and eat. <laughs> Everyone does. Everyone <laughs> does. People struggle with that, right? We struggle with the idea that like a meal should take time, right? Because yes. then we're like, well, now that's stressful. How it's another thing to do. Right? Sit now and eat. Exactly. But I'm like, that smoothie you made in the morning somehow took you two hours to get through. You can sit down for like 15 minutes for a meal, right? And I'm like, it's so funny because so many people are like, well, it sounds like a luxury. It's not a luxury. You're allowed to eat. You're allowed to sit down, right? Um, it's not going to happen all of the time, but it's what we aim for right? Is to separate from like standing here, eating in a pantry, eating in the car on the go, right? Like just stuffing stuff in our face with like reckless abandon. Um, it's fine sometimes, but it's not what's going to nourish you long-term type of deal. Sorry. Oh, no. And it is sort of, it's funny you say that because it actually, it gives me anxiety just thinking about it because it's like, I'm, and I'm such a scheduler and I think most of you know that, but it's, I've actually had to now schedule time in my day to force myself and try to hold my, I'm, I'm actually quite terrible at it, but I'm trying to be better at it to hold myself accountable for sitting and eating a meal at a specific time. And I started, I started off by scheduling half an hour and then I was like, oh, this isn't working 20 minutes. <laughs> now it's at five, but I find it's more sustainable and I can actually achieve it. If it's just a matter of me sitting at my Island for five minutes, I can, I can justify 
five minutes to sit and eat food that will keep me healthy, alive, and less angry with my family, which is how ultimately I look at it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm all for like you do what's manageable for you. The number I normally ask people to aim for is 15 minutes, right? Because most of us are just like, we're like chew, chew, swallow, right? We're not actually chewing our food, which then makes it harder on our stomach, makes it harder for everything else, like the trickle down effect of that, um, which in the end ends up causing stress because we're not getting enough of XYZ. You feel bloated, you feel gassy now, now the heartburn sets in, like all of those things. So when we can give ourselves 15 minutes, and I think that like language at the beginning there is really important. This isn't something that I, (laughs) I'm a nutritionist, this is my job. I tell people to do these things. I couldn't give myself 15 minutes for every single meal every day. I would lose my mind. Um, And all I would be thinking of are all the things I'm supposed to be doing instead sort of thing. So when you have time, give yourself 15 minutes to sit down Um, for all the mamas out there and the dads, the parents. um, This 15 minutes will probably best serve you when the children are not around, right? So it's either like lunch at work or anything like that. Oh, a question. just Look what I just did. No, I did that. I didn't know I could do that. That's Um, fun. So podcast people, I'm sorry, but on the screen, I, I don't know how it synced the questions, but um, the question, and I thought this tied in nicely because we're talking about stress and eating. It's why do I eat chocolate every time I'm stressed and what can I do about it? And I think this is one of my problems too. We know this before I started this episode or this podcast or this Instagram live, I was like, I need gummy bears right now. And I don't have any. So I cry. <laughs> I well, just we're being honest with each other. Oh, I cry. <laughs> no, no, I, I, <laughs> I um, I broke my kids' gingerbread house and ate that. Yeah, I yeah, mean, just a little moder. They're meant to be eaten. Well, yeah. Um, okay, so the chocolate thing. I think that's a couple. Um, yeah, I think it's a couple of things there, right? So a lot of the times, uh, we, many of us have learned how to self-soothe with food. I often like point out that a lot for all of us, um, when we were infants, we cried and eventually someone fed us, right? Um, so from really early on, we learned that like we could soothe ourselves with some form of food. And then depending on how we were brought up and what our interactions were around that, some of those like that, that self-soothing behavior was then solidified, right? If you fell down, you scraped your knee. I always got animal crackers. I don't know about the rest of you, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But then as adults, we get sad about something and our learnt response is to self-soothe with something sweet or whatever the reward was as a child, the self-soothing food was as a child, okay? Um, (laughs) So there's that aspect of it. The other thing is like chocolate in its natural form is very soothing. It's very rich in magnesium. So if this is normally around PMS time and your period, you are not a stereotype. Your body is literally telling you that you just need more magnesium in your diet. So you can start supplementing with a magnesium supplement at nighttime, like a week leading up to your period, or you can just start increasing things like green leafy vegetables, uh, almonds, kefir, 
dark chocolate, things like that, that actually give your body a little bit of magnesium. So it's a couple, it's a learned behavior or it's your body actually being like, Hey, we're missing something. So I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off too, because it's, it's so often feels like it's a lack of willpower. It's something that you're failing at. If you can't control, I know I hate it, but if you can't control that ability, cause you see people with such great willpower and they can control have half a couple bites of a chocolate bar. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I just had a craving and I busted into my kid's gingerbread house. Like sometimes we can't control these things with so willpower. The difference is right. Like the person that takes a couple of bites of a chocolate bar and we're like, cool, we're done. They did like, that wasn't a craving. They were just like, I would like to have a couple of bites of a chocolate bar. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So if you had the gingerbread house there and you're like, I would like to have a bite of this gingerbread house. <laughs> and it was like an intention thing. Unless like, I feel like I'm spiraling out and I'm stressed out and I don't have gummy bears. I'm tearing this house apart. Literally. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Very right? satisfying. Those are different responses. When I'm talking to people about cravings, um, in no way, shape or form, do I ever expect them to stop themselves in the middle of like a chocolate craving or like a baked good or a salty thing craving and being like, oh, no, 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 I'm just going to have some kale salad instead. Like that's a ludicrous thing to ask people to do. Eat the chocolate and then know that you probably need more of something in your diet, right? So for chocolate, it's magnesium search out magnesium rich foods and start adding them to your diet the rest of the time and it will dampen that craving but none of it has to do with willpower willpower is a joke <laughs> it makes me so mad tell us um, how you really feel about yeah. it willpower is probably one of the biggest lies we've been told by diet culture and i'm like it makes i made a whole workshop on it that's how angry i got about it one day <laughs> um, so yeah don't like willpower is it, I, it's like willpower is a muscle you need to exercise it for it to get stronger fine but all muscles have a failure point right there is no muscle that is so strong that it can keep going and going and going and I'm sorry but most of our muscles aren't used every moment of our day right we're grown-ups we have like competing priorities many of us have children we have jobs we have people in our lives that maybe we're not super fond of and we have to be nice to and all of this not losing our shit requires willpower so yeah at the end of the day when you are presented with a bowl full of chocolate and you're like oh i just have no willpower i'm not like i'm just not good enough sort of thing no you you had you exhausted that muscle all day long there was nothing left for you Okay. I think that's the best analogy I've heard of that in that it's exhausting because I think of it and comparing it to like doing a squat or pu okay push-ups a bad example so I'm terrible <laughs> at push-ups if I tried to do 10 push-ups around I physically couldn't do it like I, it's the same it's like it's just not a physical possibility so thinking of willpower in that same extent I think for me is a really good visual tying it to something more tangible right also if we're feeding our bodies properly we just don't need to rely on willpower it's true. Actually, that was one of the biggest things I've noticed through working with you is that short of like exceptional circumstances, um, like COVID hit and things kind of got more gotcha. difficult, right? Like for all of our lives. But um, when things were in a regular consistent routine and I was feeding myself, you know, three, four, five times a day at consistent intervals with food that was, you know, mostly good. I felt I didn't really crave it. And you know what? One thing you would be proud of me actually right now. I drink very little right now. Alcohol? 
Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I'm like, I, sorry. Water. <laughs> That's good. Um, I think a lot of people got over like the pandemic hump and they were just like, oh no, that was early pandemic. I can't drink like that anymore. Not acceptable in the second half. The The boxes of wine will no longer do. But yeah, I don't find because I'm back into the routine of feeding myself appropriately. Ooh, lovely comment about me. Thank you. You are. Shucks. Um, I also feel amazing right now. The decision to not wear a bra was a good one because I just feel so liberated. But the drinking, it's it's the perfect example of, and I know it's a sensitive subject for some, but for me, it was I've never it's never been a problem thing for me, but it's been a comfort thing. Um, and I find I don't need it or rely on it anymore. Like tonight I had, um, I, I just got some new drinks, um, in the fridge and I was like, I'm just going to have water instead. And that's all I really wanted, which was kind of cool. I love it. That's awesome. I don't have that fun swear. I want to take a quick minute for this season's podcast sponsor, Bathorium. I was so excited when they agreed to sign up to be this season's podcast sponsor because I have been a huge fan since COVID started. And even more interestingly, I wasn't a bath fan (laughs) before I started using their products. I didn't like the idea of having to sit still and take a bath. And now through COVID, it is the only time that I can and only way that I find I'm able to decompress and take a moment to myself. My favorite are the bath soaks. They're so, so wonderful. And I get out feeling smooth and relaxed and amazing. And they've decided to give you guys 15% off on everything on their website. All you need to do to get the code and get access to that discount is go to mumbreak.ca slash bath. I'm super excited to support this Canadian company who make all of their vegan and ethically produced products in Canada. I even love talking to the marketing manager who's an Ottawa mom, who is a wonderful human being. So super excited about this podcast sponsor. Go check out their stuff, mumbreak.ca slash bath to get 15% off. Somebody just asked if 99% chocolate is better. Um, I would say 70 and up if you're going for like an actual dark chocolate, but don't punish yourself with 99%. It's better. It's tough to get down. Yeah. Um, um, can, can we talk about cramps for a second and, um, PMS? Cause there's a couple, there's a couple questions about, um, some comp, like, let's say bloating cramps. And one of the things I remember from you is, um, if you, you said something to me that really stuck with me and I'll let you sort of fill in the blanks, but it was that when teenagers have cramps or really heavy flows, there's a really simple way to fix it as opposed to, cause I got put on birth control at a really young age to manage my heavy periods. And there's, there's things that could have been done instead. So maybe if you can just fill in on the blanks on that, that would be helpful. So the hard thing with teenagers is, it's like, you're just getting a whole new set of things, right? Like your estrogen, your progesterone, all of those things are just like, they're starting to work. So we actually like, just need to give our little people bodies like a second to like, figure it out. Right. So step one, let the body figure it out. Um, the one thing that I like lovingly joke about with teenagers uh, is that like, like the moodiness is off the chart. And it's not until like as an adult, I reflect back and I'm like, what was that about? Um, <laughs> sort of thing. Sorry, mom. Uh, sorry, dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about the eggshells you walked on for years. 
Uh, <laughs> Can't wait to do but, it with Aubrey. Woo. Well, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll hook you up. Um, <laughs> so the thing is that a lot of the times when we hit puberty, all of a sudden we start gaining weight, right? Mm-hmm. That we didn't have before. We never had to manage any of that stuff. Our awesome young bodies were just doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, our bodies continued doing their things, but we weren't ready for the weight gain. So a lot of young people, I'm going to date myself. I'm going to say magazines. I got my diet info from magazines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of us turn to magazines and we start crash dieting at very young ages. Cabbage that, soup diet. Oh, that one was, mm, that was um, I remember my mom doing that one. I, I did like, it mm. with my mom. Oh, that seems so unnecessary as a teen. Yeah. Um, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our own weird food. We have stuff. those things. Um, but so the thing is like, we start cutting stuff out and fat being one of the biggest ones that ends up getting cut out. Problem is fat is also a precursor to all of our hormonal balancing. So if as teenagers and as adults, we are still restrictive about the types of fat or how much fat we allow in our diet, then we're going to have gnarlier PMS symptoms because our body is constantly going to be searching for its building blocks to help you out. So for you, you've always like your second round when we started, we're like, okay, we're focusing on hormones this time. We just did like a fat forward program and you were just like, within the month you were feeling better already, right? Like delicious. started calming down. It's tasty. Fat's tasty. I don't so know much why oil. It's such a good thing. <laughs> Prime ourselves of it. Um, but stuff like PMS, I would like once again look at what you're eating is it a lot of processed stuff can we start getting some healthy fats in there some avocados nuts seeds full fat coconut milk yogurts dairy those type of things work really well for some people um how much added sugar is in your diet if you are riding the sugar roller coaster it's time to Maybe just like go on the kid version of it for a bit and see how that feels, right? Like just scale it back. I'm not saying you have to do anything drastic. For bloating, um, this one I wrote literally wrote down like this is multi-level. <laughs> uh, somebody asked about bloating specifically and what causes it. So, so many things can cause it. It could be like you had one bad meal and your body was like, mm, no thanks. And you experienced bloating. Okay, so that's pretty common. Uh, the next one would could be like, what's your intestinal balance like? Have you been sick recently and you had to take multiple rounds of antibiotics maybe? And now your gut flora is a little like off sort of thing. Do you just need a little bit of bacterial support there? Some probiotics, kombucha, sauerkraut, kimchi, fermented things, right? So that might be it. Um, and then sensitivities so environmental or food sensitivities can cause bloating and digestive upset i mean there's some more serious stuff too but then i'd be like you need to talk to your doctor if this has been an issue that has been persisting for a long time and you have been working on it you need to seek medical attention i should have laughed there <laughs> <laughs> it's the maniacal like <laughs> this is this is not great Right? But like, literally, if you've tried yeah. everything else and you still come to the end of it and you're like, I can't get rid of this bloating, I feel great in every other capacity, but the bloating is still there, then you will want to reach out to a healthcare professional. Well, and I think this is a good point to tie in that a lot of the questions we got were in relation to doctors or hormone testings. 
And I, I just so you guys know, Brittany is not skirting these questions. I intentionally asked her to not talk about them because I'm going to be talking about hormone testing specifically um, with your hormone balance. And we'll talk, you know, in great depth about the specifics of hormone testing. I know, Brittany, you could talk about it too at a high level, but it's there, there's also so many facets to when to approach your doctor and how to deal with your doctor. And it's also very different depending on what location and part of the world we're in. I know um, Canada, the States, if you're in Europe, wherever that, wherever you are right now, it's, it's completely different. So I wanted to avoid giving some um, vague Instagram live advice and putting you in that position. There were a couple that I would love to just touch on briefly. There was one Do about you? like, how do I get my GP on board? What should I get tested? So the hormonal testing stuff, Erica's a hundred percent. This is it's outside of my scope of practice. Anytime I have a client that asks me, I'm like, uh, these things like broad spectrum, but your doctor should know those things or your naturopath should know those things when you explain to them what's going on for the, it actually got my back up a little bit. So maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Let me get it all heated. Uh, so we asked that, like, how do we get our GPs on board, so our general practitioners on board for hormonal testing? And I think it's really important for us to all remember, like, even me in the realm of healthcare, that I provide a service. I work in a service industry. Yes, I have fancy designations after my names, and yes, I'm a professional in this area, but I serve you. Like I serve my clients. So you shouldn't need to fight a, a doctor to get testing for things, right? You might need to pay for some of the hormonal testing, but you shouldn't have to convince them to be on your side if you are feeling certain things. I know that's not always the case. Um, and I know like it takes years to get diagnoses for things like PCOS or endometriosis and a lot of these hormonal dysregulation things, it can take a really long time to get an actual, like, this is what you have from someone. Um, but I'm a huge person. I'm just like, maybe it's time for a new doctor, which I know is <laughs> which in Canada. Like, it's like, uh, there's no GPs available. Someone please take me. Right, but again, yeah, I think yeah. that's really Though it goes down to the location-based thing because I so think of me for my as an example for my thyroid and I have an episode on the podcast coming up all about my thyroid journey. It took me over a year to get diagnosed with hypothyroidism, and that was me like constantly telling my doctor, "I don't feel good. Something is wrong. Something is off." And even now, to this day, she still won't send me sp for specific testings because of the regulations within Ontario for testing. So I sort of, for me, I. I kind of took your advice and like find a new doctor, but I went to a naturopath who was in more of a service-based industry and she just let me throw money at it. <laughs> I could pay to get it done out of pocket. But in the States, it's it's very different to my understanding and based on the people I've talked to, whereby because it's the privatized healthcare, it's it's different because they they want your money and your insurance money. <laughs> they'll they'll like do you anything. anything. You can test for anything. <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes you do like you need to, to get a second opinion. That's all I wanted to say on that one. It's just like you shouldn't have to to argue with someone if something is wrong. Right. Like sometimes you may need to convince and they are the experts. But 
but if something's wrong, usually, you know, you, I think for the most part, unless you're like a huge hypochondriac, it's, <laughs> which, which exists, I, I yeah, know, yeah. it happens. <laughs> Um, you know that something's wrong and that was the case with my thyroid. I just, I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm not pregnant. I don't have mono. Like I'm, I'm 20. I don't have a boyfriend. Like this is not a thing. Something is wrong. I can't get up in the morning. They're like, can you just have mono? I'm like, no, I don't have mono. I'm sick. (sighs) Thyroid stuff is hard too, right? Like, like a lot of that. Sorry, everyone. Oh my God. We're very professional. (laughs) Um, are there any of the other, any okay. other questions other that you questions. want to tackle? Yeah, there was one about breastfeeding tea. I just want, cause it's an easy mm. answer for me. Someone asked like safe teas to help you relax while breastfeeding. So teas that would be like designated quote unquote safe or like decaffeinated, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but white tea, chamomile and ginger. Chamomile is great very relaxing uh it's like a sleepy time tea sort of thing uh there are certain things you need to watch for but chamomile is deemed safe uh ginger tea i said that would be like more for like a like digestive stress so if you're getting like digestive grumblings and stuff like that then a ginger tea would be nice for that and white tea is just like a good all the time tea um one of the other questions was about she's said she was 43 and was experiencing like intense cramping and like really bad like menstrual stuff so I was like sorry bud check into perimenopause so our 40s are typically when perimenopause sets in this is pre-menopause basically um, it's when stuff starts shifting and changing again. So like intensity of your menstrual flow, uh, cramping, stuff like acne, stuff like that can start coming up again. You're just like, I haven't experienced this since I was 15 or whenever you started menstruating, it can rear its head again. Uh, so I would check in with your medical practitioner, see if it is perimenopause. You can do hormonal testing. They will do hormonal testing for that. Excuse me. That was weird. They will do hormonal testing for that. Um, what else did I write? Down? Something to look forward to. Can't wait. Woo. It's so I like, finally feel like I'll, at that point in my life, I'll finally feel like my kids will like be in a routine. Actually, no, they'll be teenagers. So it'll be a shit show. So it'll just be like from all sides. Never mind. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Can I drink again by then? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said in the u.s there's companies like everly that'll test yeah oh yeah she's wonderful yeah yeah thank you um then somebody asked about like new anger in there like i don't know i wasn't sure if it was like associated with their pms or like what exactly it was but they they had mentioned like are you finding it i'm looking to see if i can find the exact but it was about new sparks of anger and PMS I think so what I ended up writing down is that it could definitely be like a hormonal thing a blood sugar thing it could be all of those things um but also we are like what month 10 of a pandemic yeah so it's wearing on everybody okay um so I would be like be gentle with yourself make sure you eat some vegetables drink some water and rest uh and see if that helps with the anger and then the last one pieces of paper uh the last one was about 
FSH, so follicle stimulating hormone, and if stress has any effect on it? And the short answer is yes. What is FSH? High level, really quick, high level. <laughs> it's uh, one of our, <laughs> it stimulates follicle growth. Uh, so it's just that like, we have luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormones that help with, like they ebb and flow with estrogen and progesterone based on where we are in our cycle. So there's like the luteal cycle, the follicular mm. cycle, et cetera, right? So when we're in our follicular cycle, our FSH is going to soar up. Okay. Uh, it helps us get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, unfortunately stress can affect it. Stress can affect all hormones, all of them, even like cortisol, which is a stress hormone can be affected by stress. Well, and I think I want to go back to really quickly. Um, and then we can wrap things up on, you touched on a good point. We are in the middle of a pandemic. I think that we are, even though we're in that, you, we talked about it, the almost quote unquote second phase of it in that we've now realized we can't just, you know, live in our pajamas and drink booze in the middle of the day all day forever. Extreme example, but just to paint the beautiful picture, that is my home life right now. <laughs> um, it's it's still a cumulative thing, right? It's It's this unknown world that we're all in. And I don't think because I think that, and I know a lot of the women I talk to, we, because we've gotten into a groove and we've just figured out how to manage it, we don't see the stress and the impact that it has on our, our bodies and our brains in the same way that we did at the beginning when we were all in fight or flight panic mode, just, you know, being worried to walk to the mailbox and sneezing on something or getting sneezed on. Right. Um, so from from that stress perspective, we talked about just feeding yourself. Um, I want you to touch really quickly on, is it down regulation? Is that the correct terminology? Because you talked to me about that a lot. And I think it's been really helpful because I find ways, and I don't really know how to explain it, but I've, I'm trying to find ways to integrate more ways to down regulate my body so that I can bring that stress down. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about when I was talking about like taking three deep breaths before we start eating. That is a part of down regulation. Um, so when we're talking like specific to food, that's what I would recommend. Just take three deep breaths. But when it's like the rest of your life, like if you were just sitting watching a television show and you realize that, oh my God, I've been holding my breath for like what feels like an hour. You just need to, yeah, like your jaw your jaws is clenching, whatever it is. Um, you need to just stop and take three deep breaths. I know like you shared it. Is it the calm app? You have an app mm. like, breathing circle up. If that helps people go for it. If you have a Fitbit, it has like a breathing two minute thing. It doesn't need to be much longer than two minutes. If you want to get into meditation and journaling and all of those things, I'm a hundred percent on board with that because that just helps you get more in tune with what's going on, but you don't need to go that far. If you're like, ah, it's for hippies. Um, <laughs> all you really need to do is to stop, take three deep breaths, close your eyes. If that feels comfortable and safe, um, and then move forward from there. The more you do it, I always joke that it's like we're training our like Pavlovian response. I don't know if anybody else knows about Pavlovian. I just picture the drool. Yeah, no, every time I talk about it, I start salivating, which is hilarious. 
Um, so, but it's that, that, that we're just like training our body to be like, oh, okay, settle down now. The more we practice it, the easier it is to get into that down regulation and just create a little bit of space, right? Because when we're stressed out and hyper anxious, everything feels like the most important thing. Okay. Um, Or if you're like me, everything feels like the most important thing, but you feel like paralyzed in being able to do any of it. You just, you feel like you can't and you just need to not. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I it does. It does. I, and it's kind of like the whole essence behind mum break, right? Like you just, you don't need to do it all. Just, and it, it's a cumulative effect. Um, now, quick question for you. Is there anything else you want to add? Because I know that I got a really exciting email from you today in about oh, yeah I'm like why do I forget things I do um so nine months of COVID yeah my brain is mushed guys uh so I actually just opened up early bird pricing on my live nutrition connection program so it's an eight-week nutrition program where we are basically learning to ditch diet culture, just get back in touch with how we eat, what we eat, what we like, flavors we enjoy. Um, And it's all virtual. So you can do it in your pajamas (laughs) if that's your style. Um, (laughs) But early bird pricing just opened up today and I'm keeping it open until January 1st. So the program doesn't actually start until January 21st so that we all have a little bit of time to come Come back from the holidays, recover and recuperate. Um, but I wanted to give a big enough window so that I could offer up a nice discount. I know it's kind of a cruddy time with the holiday season coming around, but I figured if it was open for longer, it would be a little bit more available to people. So, and I yeah. think it's it's sort of it's similar to the programs that I've done with you, but in a group setting, so that it's just um, cheaper, essentially. It is cheaper, but there's also people that like straight up just thrive in a group setting as opposed to one-on-one. So I actually ended up developing it because I was like, if you're intimidated about doing a one-on-one and having all the attention on you, this group format is the way to go. You also have like a live community on Facebook that you can be like, I think Mm -hmm. I watched this recipe or do we have any suggestions about this? In the past, that group has always been really great for people bouncing ideas on like, how do I make this vegetarian? this is vegetarian how do I make it meat friendly um or vice whatever it is um but it's nice to have that additional support so you do have my support in there I'm there every week I will read your messages in the Facebook group and answer all of your emails but you also have the support of the community of people going through it too so you don't feel like you're in it all by yourself which I think is really nice I'm all about community building so actually no it is I think I'm I'm in withdrawal and I, I can tend to be a hermit a little bit sometimes. And, well, you too. You're more like introverted extroverts. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just so lonely. <laughs> That's a really sad, deep confession right now. But it's it's the community, right? Like it's it's it. I need to do some more things with people. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, it is nice, right? Like to have other faces to look at once a week, even if it's only for an hour and it's mostly my voice talking to you. Um, It is really nice to just like get to connect at that level. Um, So yeah, early bird pricing is up until where where my bio. So at healing ginger, uh, they'll just click on the link. Click on the link. She's here. Some floating head somewhere. 
somewhere. Uh, yeah, just click on the link in the bio. It'll bring you right to it. So it's normally uh, $697, but I've made it $545. For the oh, that's a big discount. Yeah. I think in my business brain here, I'm like, huh. You're like, bad business. Oh. I really want to make it more affordable for people during this time because I knew I was like, it's a shitty time. All your money normally goes to other people right now. So if you're looking for a present for yourself or you were going to put that ghastly New Year's resolution of eat better, whatever it is out there, (laughs) instead of doing that, let's just have a perspective shift when it comes to the foods that we eat and how we take care of ourselves and how we speak to ourselves or in and around this topic. Yeah. And I think that's why I love you. And it's so funny. I also get to like, do you really like Brittany? I was like, yeah, I've been working with her for a year and I talk about her all the time. Like she's awesome, but it's the, pers- it's the perspective shift. And it's the fact that I can tell you, I just broke a gingerbread house and crammed it in my face, stress eating. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, just like yeah. have some more vegetables at some point. Like, yeah. Yeah. It happens sometimes. It happens. Lovely. <laughs> also, can I just point out, there's a bunch of lonely people in the comments too. And that makes me happy. Yay. It's not I just like me. other faces. I feel that. <laughs> I uh, hate oh my god this was fun thank you so much for doing this um you can yeah go check out Brittany. um if you know the program is not right for you right now go follow her Ooh, you just put out the recipe for the turtles i saw that yes okay i put it on my like whatever it's called my feed because it was in my stories before i don't know i'm old um Uh, yeah, so I put it on my feed so that people could go and like actually grab it. Also, if you were in my newsletter, you got the recipe. I saw that too. I saw that. I was so excited (laughs) because I posted about it and so many people asked me, but because it's a private client recipe, I don't, I can't, I don't feel comfortable sharing them. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. Go ask Brittany. And if maybe you bother her enough, maybe she'll put it out. And you did. And it worked guys. (laughs) Right now people are like, what's this muffin recipe somebody else posted? I'm like, oh God. Maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. God. Well, thank you so much. And as my my um, normal message to everybody is, if you have questions about health and nutrition, go bother Brittany in DMs because I can't answer you. I can I can tell you what I've done, but I don't know the science behind it. I just sort of listen to Brittany. Um, and it's honestly, and I don't say this lightly, hi, hiring you for the first time was quite literally life-changing. It it has put my life in a different trajectory and it's completely because of you. So thank you. Thank you. Mm. Didn't expect to cry today. All right. <laughs> Take us all down. Oh, oh. Well, thank you. I'm happy that you feel that way and you've put in a ton of effort and I'm just, I love seeing the shifts and how great you're feeling on a regular basis now. It's really amazing to see. I can prove Jordan wrong about the money I spent it because he, my husband's so cheap, guys. Oh, and it was, he's just now, he's just like, yeah, money well spent because I'm happier. Everyone's healthier. We're all healthier. And it's, it's entirely because of you. So thank you. Thank you.